Bible says, thus says the Lord, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Whose heart does depart from the Lord? The one that depends on and trusts in man. And makes flesh his strength. He's the one who departs from the Lord. Verse 6 says, For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. But, thank God he didn't leave us there. Verse number 7 said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out his roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways according to the fruit of his doing. I'm going to preach for a little while, teach whatever it ends up being from this subject. Who knows your heart? Who knows the heart? Amen. Let's, let's talk to the Lord and ask him to speak to our hearts tonight. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you, Lord, that you have reassured us that you are the one who knows our heart. And you know how to handle our heart. God, I thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. God, I'm asking that you would wrap your arms around each and every one of us. I pray that revelation would come into our hearts and our minds as we listen to the voice of, of your word tonight. I pray today, God, that we can be changed and we can be challenged in the Holy Ghost in this place tonight by your word. Lord, I pray that you would allow the Holy Ghost to have its way in this house. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your merciful kindness. Thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. Now, in our passage, the passage we just finished reading, we find a contrast of two different individuals. We find first a man who has put his trust in the flesh, in the ways of mankind. A man who has decided I'm going to lean on the arm of what is natural to me. I'm going to decide to live only by what I can reason out in my own mind. Amen. But the Lord said Amen. This wasn't just the prophet's words, but he said this in verse 5, Thus says the Lord. And in this portion of my Bible, 
The Lord is in all lowercase, I'm sorry, in all uppercase letters. L-O-R-D is all capitalized. What that simply means is he didn't say Lord in the original, but when you see the Lord in all caps, that means in the original that word was Jehovah. And, and he said this, if you'll allow me to say it this way, thus says Jehovah, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from Jehovah. The man that decides that I'm, I got it all together, I know what I need to do, I know how to do it, and I am going to get it done myself. And even the one that decides I'm going to, um, maybe I should be good tonight, but um, I don't feel like being good right now. But I, I want you to understand, many times we will decide to lean on the arm of psychology and psychiatrists when in fact, we need to go to our knees and we need to spend time talking to the Lord about it. We're leaning on the wisdom of man. We're trusting in what we have learned about ourselves to give us the direction to go forward. Amen. And I can tell you we are thousands of years into living here on earth, but we are just now finding certain elements in this world. And we are just now figuring certain things out. And God has known these things because God was the one who spoke them into existence at the beginning of time. I think we would be wise to lean on the Lord. <laughs> Amen. For he shall be like those who lean upon the arm of the flesh. He shall be like a shrub that's in the desert. Another uh, a translation, I don't remember which one it was, said something to the effect of, he's like a tumbleweed that's blowing around in the desert areas. Every time the wind comes to blowing, he, he ends up going that direction. Why do you think the world that we live in today is in such a, a mess that it is right now? Because they have leaned upon their own wisdom and upon their own ideas to get us to where we're at today. Back when they founded this country, they founded upon the fact that, that they wanted to be able to worship a sovereign God. They didn't want the government to say, you can, you can only go to church at this church building. They wanted the freedom to worship God as they felt like the scriptures were leading them to worship the Lord. And how far, in fact, even our first schoolhouses that were created in America were founded upon a single textbook. And that single textbook had 66 books between its covers. And they used this as the teaching book for every single school. My friend, I'm sad to tell you that it, you would be hard-pressed to walk into any school and to find one of these on public display somewhere so that people have access to it any time of the day that they want to go and find out what the Word of God has to say. Amen. You do have, thankfully, that they have opened the doors for churches to come back and pastors to interact with children 
and be able to bring some of the scripture back. I'm thankful for that, but it's not like it used to be wherever a teacher was teaching from this book and preaching and not preaching, but teaching there um, the principles that were in that book. That's why I believe that it was so easy for them to, to use the same building for a schoolhouse as a church house because they were all building upon the same exact principles. Amen. We need to get back to the book. We need to spend time in that book. Amen. Amen. I'll say this, and then I'm going to move on, but that is, I believe we wouldn't be where we are today if more people would actually get in the book and begin to read it and begin to study it like they should. As opposed to just going to a church somewhere and trusting that that man was reading his Bible. We need to be all studying the, the, the Word of God. The Scriptures still command us to study. Why? To show ourselves approved. A workman that needed not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the Word of truth. Amen. Praise God. I, uh, it, it would be something if this world would begin, Brother, brother uh, Golf said it Sunday morning, I, I was talking about our Bible quiz and that we've been talking about, I'd like to try to get that kicked off this year, this coming new year, and, and uh, he said, you know, we used to do some Bible quizzing when we, were in, when we were in church, he said we would do similar to what we do, we have Sunday school first, he said and then we would come in. And before we actually started the service, we would have people, the pastor would call up on people to get up and quote the passage of scripture that the church had been studying and memorizing. I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> Why? Because if you get it from here and down into here, a preacher can come preach hellfire and brimstone every service, and honey, you're not going to be upset. Why? Because the word of God has now become the foundation on which your life is built upon. And you know, it won't be it won't be hard for us to go win souls either, because then we can go and we can give an answer to every man about the hope that lies within us. That's what the Scripture tells us that we ought to be able to do. We ought to give, be able to give an answer unto every man who asks of us about what we believe. We need to be able to do that. And I hope that the teaching that we do around here and the, the, uh, the efforts that we spend time trying to delve into the Word of God, that you're beginning to pick up these pieces and be, uh, be able to say, all right, I might not be able to explain it as good as maybe somebody else, but I'm going, I know why I believe what I believe. I'm, I grew up in an era of time where, as a child, I heard people ask, Brother Tuffy, people ask the people in the church, well, how come, how come you do that? Why, 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 why do you men cut your hair? And I heard time after time, even in my own youth group, it's because my, my, my preacher says I need to do that. Okay, well, Thank God for obedience. Thank God for obedience. But let's make sure we're obeying the right thing. Now, you need to obey 
the leadership in your life. And he should be aligning himself with the word of God so that later on you'll say, well, I actually didn't put that scripture in my list tonight, but later on in the scriptures, the apostle Paul says, follow me or imitate me as I follow Christ. I should be following Christ in such a way that when you begin to follow me, we all are following Christ in the same manner. But you need to know why we're doing it. Not just because Pastor Hilton said we need to do this. Why do I go to church? If somebody were to ask you, why do I go to church? Well, just because I know that I should be there. But the scripture tells us, right? The scripture tells me that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And then the next verse says, if you sin willfully. So if I read that in the context in which it is, it would be a sin not to be going to church. We want to be faithful to God. Now, I got to be careful still because I'm, I'm trying not to go down a rabbit trail right now, but I just want to throw this out there. Jesus said he taught a principle that we now call the golden rule. Anybody know what that is? Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, Jesus taught that as a principle. Now, I wonder if that's how we treat God. Do we treat God like we want him to treat us? Just throwing food out there for thought. If you want God to be faithful to you, shouldn't I be faithful to him? If I want God to speak to me, shouldn't I be talking to him? If I want the blessings of God, should I not be blessing God? If I want the glory of God, should I not be glorifying God? You see how it goes. If you want love, you give love. And love comes back. Now here's the, here's the catch 22 though. Jesus said, I have loved you first. So in reality, we're just loving him back. But we should continue to love him on a day in and day out basis. We shouldn't depend upon man because we are cursed if we do so. Not my opinion. That's what the Bible tells me. I'm cursed if I depend upon the flesh. But God said, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Now, I don't know how many folks are listening online. Uh, this thing, I've, I've said, well, this thing, let me show anybody. And then Brother Mendez, when they were sick one time, he goes, hey, I was listening the whole service, and you said nobody was listening. So I'm not going to say nobody's listening. But the thing says, we're all here together. I know some of us aren't here in body, but we're all here together in spirit. And I want you to understand, we're all trying to grow together. The Apostle Paul taught us, I believe it was in Ephesians, that we are 
a body fitly framed together. We're a building that God is putting together and he's, he's putting all the right people and the pieces in the right spots. All right? Now, I'm going to use this ideology. Brother Tuffy, if you ever tried to build something without fasteners of any kind, why not? That's what holds it together. So, if God called me to be a nail in the building that he's building for the kingdom, if somebody came in and said, hey, we don't need any of these nails in this building, what would happen? <laughs> We'd be sitting in the midst of a bunch of rubble because we need the fasteners. Now, I have seen those buildings where they, they use gravity and they notch the boards in such a way that they interlock together. I don't know if you've ever seen those types of things, but that's all fine and good, but just hope you don't have a good gust of wind come up underneath the building. Because if you do, it can get off kilter anyway. You know, you know what I'm saying. But if God called me, Reagan, to be a fastener in the wall somewhere, say the lag bolt that's holding the I-beam in, and then God called Brother Mendez to be the lag bolt on the other side. And we decided, you know what? We don't need these lag bolts anymore. We're just going to cut them on out of here. Well, it may hold for a little while. But eventually that, that I-beam is going to start teetering a little bit. Because the fastener that's supposed to be holding it. What I'm trying to say is, no matter how insignificant you may think you are in the house of God and in the kingdom of God, God needs each and every one of us in those positions. I need you and you need me to be exactly where God placed us so that we can build up the kingdom of God in this community with each other. You say, well, I'm not going to go to church today because I don't feel like I, I, I belong and I don't feel like I'm, I am something that's valuable to, to the church and that they're going to keep on moving without me. And the last statement is true. The church will go on without you. But how much better would it be if you stayed within the church where God placed you? And how much more powerful would it be with you in the church? That's the kind of God that we serve. He didn't call you out of darkness into his marvelous light just because he felt sorry for you. No, he did it because he loved you. It's really that simple. And so that's why we need God to become all of our hope. And we need to depend upon the Lord with everything that we have. The Bible says if we do that, we're not just a tumbleweed being blown around in the desert somewhere. But he said, you are now a tree that is planted by a river whose roots have gone deep into the earth and it has been well established and well watered 
And that when the, the, the bad weather comes and the things of life begin to come and beat against your tree, guess what? You're not just going to blow away, but you're going to stand your ground no matter what comes your way. And you're going to be able to say, hey, the Lord is who I put my trust in. I don't care if drought comes. I've got everything that I need in Jesus, amen, to help me to stand the ground that he has placed me within. And then he finishes this prophecy to the people before Jeremiah begins to pray. And he begins to finish this and close out his message, if you will. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So, Pastor, that's that's pretty bleak. That's pretty. That's pretty definite. Uh, that, that's that's a definite statement. That hey, nobody can know our hearts, and and how are we going to fix our hearts? You say we always got to work and be introspective of our life when when we're when we're trying to go from day to day, and I, all of that is true. But like I said Sunday, and like Elder Goff's been preaching, the only one that can really know the deepest, darkest places of my heart. God that's not my opinion because that's what God told the people of Israel he said the heart is desperately wicked desperately wicked it's constantly coming up with the next best thing who can know what's going on in there verse 10 says I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Now, I'm not going to be belaboring a lot long time, a lot more time on this, but I just want you to understand there is a connection between the mind and the heart. You've got to understand the things that go on in this brain of yours, the mindsets that you begin to develop and the things that you begin to dwell upon, um, just, just I'll, I'll throw this out there, just, just, for, just, just because it, the, the more that you dwell upon conspiracies and, and ideologies that, that go against the grain, guess what? That's how you're going to consistently begin to think about everything that you think uh, you, you come in contact with and so on. And, and I'm not saying that some of the conspiracies are too far, too far off, but I am going to say this, amen, that sometimes those conspiracies were only built to, to do one thing, and that was to instill fear in the hearts and the minds of people. And we are not given a spirit of fear. But what? Of power and of love. So if we weren't given it by God, then who gave the spirit of fear? Where were some of these conspiracies hatched up? It's very simple. If it wasn't from God, it was from another. Amen. This isn't very um, popular preaching, but I'll say this, 
there are two worlds that we will need to find, we will find ourselves living in. There is the world of darkness, and there is the world of light. There is the world of evil, and there is the world of good. You can't, you can't live in both worlds at the same time. The Bible tells me that a carnal mind is enmity or a word that we know more prominently is, is the enemy of God. So if your mind is carnal and all you're thinking about is carnal things, then your mind has now become the enemy of the things of God. You with me today? That's why we've got to guard our minds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself above. Everything. We've got to put it down. The Lord searches our hearts and he tests our minds. You say, well, this sounds all bleak, but I'm hoping to bring this back to a a beautiful thing because I want you to see where the journey that God took me on over the last few days as I begin to think of this passage of scripture, God knows the heart. He knows how to test it. He knows how to work on it. He knows how to cleanse it and he knows how to make it fruitful and he knows how to grow a tree out of, out of nothing. God does. I want you to think about this with me. In Romans chapter number 2, the Bible talks to us about Romans chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. Here at the end of the scripture of this chapter, the Apostle Paul writes this, and I I don't want to get into all of the the circumcision and the promise and and all of these things tonight. Uh, There's a big, deep... uh, theological thing that we could deep dive into here and I I don't feel like that's where we need to go tonight but Romans chapter 2 verse number 28 says it this way says for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh but he is a Jew verse 29 says who is one inwardly And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. He is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. There's been a promise. There's been a. There's been a uh, covenant. Can I say it that way? There's been a a understanding between God and man, and no longer does it take. The actual act of of doing the circumcision and and all of these things, but 
the Apostle Paul says he's a Jew who is one from the inside, not outwardly. And circumcision is that of your heart, meaning that he has begun making a covenant and a promise with you and me. And we've got to yield ourselves to him, allowing him to remove the hard outer casing that our hard heart had become through the vices of sin and the vices of this world. And, and, and now we've yielded ourselves unto him. We've been filled with the Holy Ghost. And now he's begun to soften that heart. And he's begun to work on that heart. And he's begun to cleanse that heart. And he does it all through the spirit that we are now born of. Amen. Not just because the law says we've got to do it, but because there is now a relationship that has taken place between me and my Savior. Whose praise, we're not, we're not, we're not looking for somebody to come by and say, man, you did a great job. Thank you so much. You are such an inspiration. No, it's not from not coming from me or, or from, from Brother Mendez or, or from your kids or, or from your wife, but it's, it's praise that comes from God because now he's saying, hey, I love you. Hey, I, I, want, I want a deeper relationship with you. Thank you for opening your heart to, and allowing me to begin to do a cleansing process and begin to, to make that hardened heart a softened heart. And, and, and thank you for, for, for yielding your heart unto me anew and afresh. And I began to think on these and I, I, and I looked and I, I began to look at cross-references in my Bible and, and in my Bible app and I began to look at different things and my mind and, and, and that, all of that study began to took me over to 1 Peter chapter number 3. Just ride with me for a minute. Verses 1. And we're just going to read a few of these verses here. The Bible says, Wives, likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. And verse 2 says, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, do not let your adornment be merely on the outside or outward, arranging your hair and wearing gold or putting on fine apparel, but rather let it be the hidden person of the heart. But rather let it be the hidden person of the heart, the apostle Peter said, and with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, calling him Lord, who's, I'm sorry, for in, in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves being submissive to their own husbands. And, and as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters uh, you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. But verse no, this next verse, husbands, likewise. So, well, why are you preaching to the women right now? No, 
I wanted to get to this verse because I want you to realize in this verse, he ties the men back to what he told the women. He said, husbands, just like I told the, the, the women, don't just worry about what's on the outside. Putting on gold and, and putting on costly array and and we've already talked about all these types of things, right? We've talked about how that, that we shouldn't be so caught up in, in wearing these expensive clothes and, 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 and going out there and just buying expensive shoes. And there, there are things out there that you can invest in that is much better than just what you are wearing and how, and how you're presented before other people. If all you're concerned about is the way that you look like on the outside and, 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 the, and the most recent type of jewelry that you can put on, honey... The Apostle Peter was talking to us about saying, hey, we need to put that stuff aside and we need to be focused upon the inward man. And yes, at first he started talking to the wives, but he comes down and he said, husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. Well, there's something for us to think about. There's a bunch of husbands here tonight, so I'll just pick on us today. Did you know your prayer can be hindered if you're not kind to your wife? So if you need prayers answered, you better be kind to your wife. It's really that simple. It's what the Bible says right there. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Not returning evil for evil. We ought to be treating one another with love. We ought to be blessing one another. Extending our gratitude to one another. Say, well, we were talking about God knowing the heart. Yeah, I'm still talking about God knowing the heart. He wants us to work on the inner man. We've got to make sure that this man has a heart that is pliable in the hands of that my heart can be worked upon by the Holy Ghost day in and day out. And Romans tells us in Romans chapter 7, I want you to see this. Romans chapter 7 verse 21 says, I find then a law. I got to thinking, all the things that I've already talked about, they're a little bit rough. But Tuffy, it's not easy for me to be a be a, a perfect man all the time. I'm not perfect all the time as it is. But it's hard for me to watch what I say. It's hard for me to, to think right thoughts, especially when I'm mad. It's hard for me not to, like the Apostle Peter said a few moments ago, he said that we ought to, be, we ought to give blessing to all of our brothers and sisters. We ought to love our wives on a regular basis. We ought to make sure that we treat them. Another passage says, Treat your wives as Christ loved them, as Christ loved the church. Women, 
ought to respect their husbands and so on and so forth. And I'm not here to teach a marriage lesson, but then we get to Romans, and I'm like, man, God, these things are hard. Like, if I tried to do this by myself, I couldn't do it by myself. But God is able to help us if we allow him to know our heart. He already knows your heart, but are you going to allow him to do the work that he wants to do in your heart? That's the key. And the apostle Paul became transparent with the church at Rome, and he said this, I find in a law that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good. There's one that, ah, he wants to do good. He said, but there's also another guy in there that, man, he, he wants to be, be evil. He wants to scream and holler at the guy that cut me off in traffic. He wants to, he wants to cuss. He wants to, he, wants to, he wants to be lazy and he wants to not, not do much. And, but, but there is another one in me that wants to do good. For I delight in the law of God. According to what? The inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in, oh, that cut that off, didn't it? Which is in my members. There's something going on in my, in my mind, in my and then he says this, he said, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. If we let God work on the heart, if we let God reveal to us what's in the heart, he's not revealing it to us because he thinks we're horrible people, but because he wants us to become better in his kingdom. He wants to clean the house. Kind of like Brother Mendez when he moves into his new house. He's got to have everything placed in the right spot, right? Amen. But at the end of the day, amen, then you got guys like me who just takes his time and if it gets there, it gets there. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It'll sit in the garage until the day I die and then my kids can get rid of it for me. Uh, um, I'm just kidding. No, I, I don't intend to do it that way. Um, I do know that that happens and I'm not that bad. But there are things in our hearts Let's just say there is a garage in my heart that's got my folded up treadmill and, and my, my gym and it's all torn apart and stuck in a corner. And the things that we decided we didn't need anymore, we just got them stacked up in a corner and guess what? That corner ended up being the whole garage before long and because we started moving things around and, and you know... That happens in our hearts sometimes. I hope I'm drawing a big, a better, a good enough picture for you, but sometimes, no, all the times, 
God said, I know the heart. I know what's in there. I know you've got it all polished up and you've got it looking good to everybody else. But I know that there is a place that's inside of there that you haven't gone in that room in a long time because you don't want to deal with what's in there. And I'm, I'm asking you, let me get in there with you and let's get it out. Let's get things organized. Let's get it cleaned up. Let's make it what it should be instead of what you regret it being. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh I end up falling into sin. Another passage said there are times where I know I should be doing the right thing. The Apostle Paul. I know the things that I, I, I would, I, I'm not doing them. The things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing those things. And he said, I, I don't like it. But I need the help of God. I need the strength of the Holy Ghost to help me. Because he knows the heart. Who knows the heart? God knows he knows exactly what's there. He knows exactly how to clean it out. He knows exactly what to do with it. And my final passage of scripture I want to read tonight is Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. The Bible says, get there. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14 says, For this reason I bow my, knee, my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to give you power to overcome the things that you know you shouldn't be doing, but he begins doing it on the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You know why God wants to clean your heart out? It's because he wants to fill it up with him. He wants to fill it from top to bottom with his spirit. That's why he wants to work on the inside of you. That's why, because when you begin to walk from day to day, he said, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And if there's an abundance of God on the inside, guess what's going to begin to flow on the outside? To know the love of Christ, which passes all, all understanding, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works. Where is the power working? This is why we need a clean heart. 
Because we need the power of God on the inside. But if we're full of junk, the power can't abide there. That's why he needs to be, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. This is where I've been trying to get all night. When the Holy Ghost begins to work, and he begins to reveal to us, but I love doing that. God, but I enjoy doing that. Brother Goff's been talking about it over the past few weeks, but I enjoy doing these things. But God said, I need some more room in there. I'm just looking for another place that I can abide because I'm trying to fill you with power. I'm trying to, I'm trying to fill you with, with the, the anointing that I want to place in your life. Amen. So that he can receive glory. Verse 21 says, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. To all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is why he wants to work on the inside so that he can abide there, so that he can work there, so that he can impart the power that you need, so that when you begin to pray, amen, you can operate exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. You want to walk in faith? Why don't you allow the Holy Ghost to stay filled on the inside of your heart? God will God will answer. God will bless if we will somehow yield ourselves to him. I don't want to be cursed like Jeremiah said, but I want to walk in the blessing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There, there are tons of promises. I don't, I don't intend to go into them. In fact, I'm finished right now. But I want you to think about this. There are tons of promises throughout the word of God, to those who yield themselves to him, to those who will allow his spirit to begin to work on the inside on a regular basis. God, God, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's some things I enjoy doing this and I enjoy doing that. But God said, I, 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 need, I need that space because I need to put some power there because when you come upon somebody in your family, you're going through the holidays now and one of your family members show up at the house and they're completely distraught, but you're so full of entertainment and you're so full of junk that's in the life. How are you going to effectively minister to that family member or that friend that has come over to your house? How can I do these things if I'm so full of myself? Not just myself, but things that don't matter. Let me ask you something. What's going to be more effective? 30 minutes of YouTube or 30 minutes of prayer? 30 minutes of Flipping through Instagram or I don't know, whatever it is that I'm not just trying to walk on anybody's toes. I'm just saying there are things in, in our lives that I, I enjoy just going out and, and, and doing stuff in the yard, but sometimes that doesn't that's not what God's asking me to do. Does it need to be done? Well sure. Was it, does it have to be done right now? No. 
God said, hey, why don't you spend some time with me today? I'm preaching, I'm preaching to all of us today. I can do more for the kingdom of God. He wants to know my heart. But he's not going to force his way on the inside. He knows what's there. But he's not going to force himself in there to clean it up without me saying, why don't you come on in, Lord? I, I, need, I need to operate in the Holy Ghost. Sunday night as I, was, I went to Olathe and ended up preaching there that night, I said it to them, I want to say it to us. I believe it's the will of God for all of us to walk in the Spirit in such a way that we're operating in the gifts of the Spirit on a regular basis. I'm not just looking for miracle signs and wonders. The Bible said that those will follow every believer. That's what he told, told us in Mark 16. He said, when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, every believer are going to be following with miracles and signs. You begin to look into the book of Acts, every person that got the Holy Ghost, what happened? They began to operate in these types of things. No, I'm not just after the blessings. But something, Sister Mendez, something's bothering me. We're not seeing them today. So there's got to be a deeper problem than just the fact that miracles and signs and wonders are missing. Is it because we're not walking in the Spirit like we should be? I need to walk in the Holy Ghost. But not only do I need to, you need to walk in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, we're kind of back on Galatians chapter 5. Walk in the Spirit and you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you're seeking after God, it's really very simple. He will give you the anointing that you need to accomplish the jobs that he has called you to accomplish. I've seen him do it too many times, and I'm ready to see him do it some more. Can I get an amen today? I want to be used of the Holy Ghost. I need you, Jesus. Can we stand to our feet tonight and just lift our hands to heaven and just let him know, Lord, if it's really your desire, I don't want, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I just want you to let him know. If it's what you desire, God, I want you to know my heart. But God, I want you to use me in, in, in a mighty way. That only you can. You can begin to move and you can begin to mold me and you can begin to cleanse me, Jesus. I want to be the vessel you want me to be. Jesus, help me today. God, I want to win this community. God, I want truth to prevail in this community. God, I want this truth to prevail in every home of every child of God in this church. God, I want somehow, Lord, that we could put other things aside and we could focus upon you. Lord Jesus, let this year, Lord, not go out, God, and, and, and be a year that we look back and say, man, I wish I would have done better. But God, we can say, God, we, we finished that year with a great uh, a greater anointing that we ever known before. We, we experienced more glory than we ever did before in our lives. God, help us to be the vessels you're calling us to. Lord, search my heart. 
Know my ways. Cleanse my mind. Oh, Lord, I pray give us strength today. We magnify you, Jesus. We adore your holy name here tonight. Thank you for your grace and mercy, Jesus. I love you today. I love you today. Thank you for your grace and mercy this morning. You're wonderful and holy, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I love, I love the fact that God's calling his church to a deeper place. But I don't want it, I don't want the call of the Holy Ghost to just go and fall upon deaf ears. God, I want you to know that there is a little church on the corner of Jingle and 399th that says, God, whatever it is that you want from us, we're going to give it 110%, and we're going to give it even more if that's what you require. But, God, we want to see our families saved. And, God, we want to see our loved ones and our friends and our neighbors and everybody saved. We want to see them filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I love each and every one of you. Amen. I, I know there's a lot of sickness going on. I know this is that time of year. It's how it goes sometimes. But uh, it's still a great time to be in the, in, in, in the church. It's still a great time to be in the presence of God. And I want to say thank you to everyone that came this evening here to the church. Thank you for those of you listening online. Amen. We'll come back on Sunday and we're going to have church. Amen. We're going to have church. We're going to uh, plan on having uh, Sunday school um, this weekend, and that's going to start at 10. And don't forget on Saturday, I didn't ask my wife today. I knew I forgot something. What time to have everybody come over? I'll send out a text message. Is that fair enough? Let everybody know. Uh, we would love for everybody to come swing by the house for a little while. My wife's gonna be, my wife and possibly my girls are gonna be baking up some goodies, and uh, so we can snack on and and, and chit chat around the house there that evening. And we're gonna have a good time of fellowship. Um, just come over, spend some time together. It's just a time for us to fellowship and and not work hard. We're gonna put all the extra work in on the day before and probably leading up to it. So we just want you to come over and enjoy. They're good baking and they're good cooking. <clears throat> I know I am. <clears throat> anyway, well, we love y'all, and uh, we look forward to seeing y'all on Saturday. Uh, we'll send out the time. Sunday, 10 o'clock, Sunday school, 1130, worship service. Amen. God bless you all. We love you. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.